Now, for the preaching this morning, get ready, put your hands together, and let's welcome our senior associate pastor forever, Pastor Hal Berenger. Thank you so much. You may be seated. God bless you. Uh, over the past few months, I've been going over thousands of memories. And there are not enough thank yous to Pastor and Becky, all the wonderful board members that we've had over the decades that have always been a source of encouragement, support, and generosity. So thank you, all of you, and all the friends and family, because we are family. Yesterday morning, oh, it was around 4 o'clock, I was up having my daily cup of joy. And uh, in our house of two, which was nice and peaceful, the first invasion came. The sound of little girls and hugs and kisses, the pitter-patter of their little tootsies on our wood floor, the barking of grand dogs. It was just the beginning of chaos, and we loved it. Later on in the day, the second invasion came. I'm so proud of all of them. And then in the wee hours of this morning, Dave and Ann and their family came in. And a house that holds two had 14. <laughs> so you can imagine how our morning was in preparation. When you had a chance, you ran to the bathroom. And you know what? We loved it. We loved it. Little Charlotte, who's back here, wave Charlotte. She said to Grandma, Grandma, are you and Papa graduating? <laughs> no, we're not graduating, Charlotte. We're celebrating. And I'd like to share a word with you this morning entitled, Celebrate. The church. God in the eternal past. Somewhere before time. Had a dream. Call it a vision. He had a master plan. And that master plan was creation. Both the material universe and the non-material universe. Spiritual realms. God the creator of the heavens and the earth, as it is written, in the beginning, God created. The word tells us that God spoke 
And everyone and everything was created that is created by things that are not seen. Wow. God in heaven created man after his own image and after his own likeness. And those of you who have gone through premarital counseling with me understand that I always point out the crown jewel of creation was the woman. God in his master plan included redemption because God knew in his foresight of the Luciferic rebellion and that sin would enter into the world. In God's vision, there was salvation and sanctification and the promise of the Father, the fullness of the Holy Spirit that was outpoured on the day of Pentecost. And the crown jewel of his master plan was the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. So today I want to celebrate the church. Because the church is God's gift in these last days to the world. It was in the church that I was first introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was in an old-fashioned Sunday school class that I gave my heart to Christ. And my destiny was transformed. It was in the church that we had youth ministry and discipleship ministries, youth quakes back in the day where Wayne Benson took us to small cities and churches from Port Huron to Lansing where we did outreach and ministry and God touched these communities with the good news of Jesus Christ. It was in the church that I met You know who. It was in the church where I stood at the front of the altar when those doors opened up. It was a wow. And my father-in-law asked her all the way down the the aisleway, are you sure you want to go through with this? It was in the church where we said our I do's and we covenanted our lives together until death us do part. Not knowing the amazing adventure that God would lead us through as we stepped through doors of opportunity in the church as God granted us such favor and blessing. The church. God's plan for the ages. Aren't you glad you were part of the church? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we were included in your dream, in your vision. In your master plan before the creation of the earth and all that is known. Lord, we're humbled by your graces. Truly, such knowledge is too wonderful for us.
But Lord, we're here today to celebrate the church of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Peter receiving ministry from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Savior said unto Peter, And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The new translation, new living translation says, Now I say unto you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church. The word Peter in the Greek is Petros. The masculine noun for rock or stone. The word rock in the Greek, Petra, upon this rock, is a feminine noun, meaning a mass or rock. I want you to understand that Jesus said, I will build my church. The word is ecclesia, only found here and in Matthew chapter 18, 17, twice, used 24 times in the book of Acts and 60 plus times in the epistles of the apostle Paul. I'm glad that Jesus said, I will build my church. Amen. Number one, as we talk about the church today and we celebrate all that the church is, the church is the body of Christ. I've come to learn to appreciate the importance of vitality in the body. And as this body is, let's use this term, maturing. And Uncle Arthur hits the knees. I've come to appreciate how important it is for a body to be healthy and functional. I want you to think about the church and all of us being part of the body of Christ and our functionality and our vitality. I think that it's God-honoring when a church is functional, when a church is healthy, when a church is operating within the means of its various members because God in his diversity made us all unique and all different. Different gifts, different operations, different functions. But we all have a place within the body of Christ. Romans 12.5 So we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. The other day I was doing a little repair in Shangri-La. And I had a hardened pine needle go into my finger, under my fingernail and out the side of my finger. Frank, it was a glorious thing. I was thankful that I had another functional member that could reach over and get a hold of that pine needle. I hadn't told you about this. And pulled that bad boy out. And I was surprised that it was a pine needle. Isn't it wonderful to know that there are members within the body when you hurt, their hands are there. To encourage, to exhort, and to edify you. 
I cannot, I cannot stress how important it is in the church for all of us as body members to be functioning, knowing our role, knowing our place, and being found faithful. Subpoint A here, the church is made up of various members. Romans 12.5, so we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Look to your neighbor just for a second. Smile at him and say, we're connected. We're connected. I need you and you need me. We are interdependent upon one another. This is God's design. Just as this body is interdependent upon itself, we are interdependent upon one another. I love what John said. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship, Jerry, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. This is the good part, Derek. From all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Point B here, we are all baptized into one body. Paul said, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Whether we are Jews or Greek, whether we be slaves or free, we have been made to drink of the same spirit, capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the same life flow that feeds me, it feeds you. He is the vine and we are the branches. And it's the life flow of the Holy Spirit that energizes us for life and love and service. Next, we are the body of Christ. Paul said, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I don't think that we often enough understand the importance of how dependent we are upon one another. It's one of those things that we take very much for granted. And Paul said in Ephesians 5.30, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. With that knowledge, let me ask you this question, and perhaps these are some questions you should ask yourself. Today, as you meditate upon this word, what is your niche within the body of Christ? What is your function within the church? What gifts has God entrusted to you to encourage, to exhort, and to edify the body of the Lord Jesus Christ? I think that's a good thing for us to, at times, do a a spiritual inventory and, and ask ourselves, Lord, do I know my place? Am I being found faithful in service one to another? And in all and through all, am I doing Christ honoring exploits for the sake of Jesus Christ? Because really, it boils down to stewardship, doesn't it? Are we managing ourselves to complement the body as a whole and thereby celebrate the church? Point two today, the church, 
is the bride of Christ. Matthew 25, 6, the call comes forth. The bridegroom cometh. And in this passage of Scripture, the Bible tells us that five were wise. Five were foolish. Five were prepared. Five were neglectful. The prophetic truth that Matthew 25 brings out is this reality. Jesus is coming again. And in the church we can never neglect that prophetic promise that soon and very soon this earth is going to have an invasion by Jesus Christ. But the tragedy of this story is this. Five were unprepared. Five did not maintain their oil. Five did not take the word of God and the prophetic word of God with seriousness and neglected the truth of scripture. Five maintained their oil. Five remained faithful. Five were focused. Five were looking. Five were napping. Friends, know of a surety that the bridegroom is coming for his bride, the church. Can you say amen? Are you living with expectation? Are you living with anticipation? Many years ago, I was given a pen, like this Israel and American flag pen. And Pastor, it was a little trumpet that said, perhaps today. Actually, it was given to us when Daniel passed away. And it was always a reminder to me that perhaps today, Jesus could come again. Well, these foolish little pins have these little tabs on the back and they fall off and I lost that pen. But I've never lost that hope in my heart that perhaps today Jesus could come again. And my eyes are always looking to the eastern sky with expectation because I know soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says, for those who are looking, he shall appear. Are you looking? Are you napping? Are you living with faith's expectation? Or are you just going through life? John wrote, For we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And when we see him, we are going to be transformed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. And everything is going to be changed. Not for the napping, but for those who are looking. New bodies. Frank, full heads of hair, praise the Lord. No sickness. No disease. No turmoil. Do I dare say it? No politics. No more nonsense. Nothing but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit in that land of constant hellos where there is never any more goodbyes or any more funerals or undertakers. 
for those who are looking. Jesus is going to appear. And what an appearing that shall be. Can you say amen? Amen. Point C. Are we maintaining our oil? You see, Carl, I can't maintain your oil. You have to maintain your oil yourself. Josh, I see you up there in the balcony. We've mentored you for years. I hope that you've learned that you have to maintain your oil. Nobody else can do it for you. Today I'd like you to take an oil inventory and check your volume. And is your oil supply sufficient? It's good at times to do spiritual inventory. And it's real wise to check your oil. Uh, Friday I was cutting the grass and I was just about done and Pastor and I had just been talking about lawn tractors and all of a sudden this thing sounded like it was going to blow up Sam and I said, oh my God, I let the oil run out. So I quickly shut it down and first thing I did, Kathy, is I went and got a rag and I checked the oil dipstick and ah, my oil is fine. What happened, Sam, I ran out of gas. I worked at a powertrain plant for years, and we tested engines. And I had numerous occasions where people forgot to put oil in engines, and I'd have a connecting rod go through the side of a block and a piece of iron go flying by my head. It's not a good thing when your oil runs out. When I was a little guy, maybe Charlotte's age, we learned this song. Some of you may know it. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. You know what the break of day is? When Jesus comes. I said when Jesus comes. Because he's coming again. And he's coming for people that are filled with oil that are not on empty. Maintaining our oil is a matter of biblical stewardship. Number three, the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? And that the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. Isn't it wonderful to know? And I think this is a truth that we don't fully understand and grasp on a daily basis. But point A here, the Holy Spirit indwells us. Wow. Jesus in John 14 said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter and he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. 
neither knows him because you shall know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Say in. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say somebody's inside. That word comforter in the Greek is paraclete, not parakeet. It literally means somebody who is standing right by your side. Isn't it wonderful to know that no matter where we go, we have God's indwelling presence and God's residing presence with us no matter where we walk, what we go through. Or what we encounter in life. It brings new light to the truth that Jesus said. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's the Holy Spirit that is right there. By our side. Journeying with us. Not just on Sundays when we come to church. And we are the church. But when we go through our journeys throughout the week. And we face the unknowns of life. It's the Holy Spirit that is right there. By our side. I love that song that Cindy sings so beautifully. And it reminds me of this wonderful truth. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. You know it. Isn't it wonderful to know that the Holy Spirit walks and talks with us all the time? Hallelujah. Our membership, know that you, not that your bodies are members of Christ. And the same spirit that is upon my life, Sam, is upon your life. And believe it or not, it's on Frank's life too. The same spirit because we are members of the body of Christ. And I like this point C. We're sealed. Say sealed. Ephesians 1.13 says, In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of God, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you were sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Over the years, I worked with a lot of characters at Ford, Jerry. You know what that's like. And there, there was a gal there who said that she was a white witch. Well, to me, a witch is a witch. She said, I'm a good witch. I'm a white witch. I said, you're still a witch. The Bible says that's an abomination. But anyways, she made this statement to me. She said, I can identify every Christian in the plant because there is an aura around their heads that the non-Christians have nothing I'm thinking to myself, isn't it wonderful to know that we have the seal of God upon our lives? That, John, we may not be able to see, but I believe the spirit world is able to identify those that God has sealed by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. When you go home today, look in the mirror. Raise up your hand and say, God, I thank you because I'm sealed. The deal is sealed. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Number four, the church and its mission. Its mission and purpose. Number one is the worship of God. John four twenty four says, God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know what worshiping God in truth is? Your walk matches your worship, the object of your worship. Worship God. That's what John the Revelator was told in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10. Worship only God. Don't worship anybody in this world. Not American idols. Not these athletes and stars. None of the politicians. Worship God. And worship him only. Secondly, the church's mission and purpose is evangelism. Jesus in Matthew 28, 19 and 20 gave the great commission, not the great suggestion. He said to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. This is why Lakeside believes in missions. This is why Lakeside has a a global missions focus because it's all about souls. This is why we just had a big give, and I, and I heard that it was spectacular this past Wednesday night. This is why Frank and his team goes out on Saturdays down into Detroit with bread of life, because it's all about souls. This is why we do outreach to this community coming this fall, edge of eternity, because it's all about souls. The mission of the church is evangelism, outreach, and the last day's global harvest. Paul stated this, Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It's not pressure. It's persuasion. You know the best way to persuade people? Just give them Jesus. Just be Jesus. Love them right where they're at. It's not thumbscrews. It's not pressure. It's persuasion. And I learned years ago, if they see Jesus, then they will worship. If they see Jesus, then their lives will be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Friends, just let them see Jesus. And make this song be your prayer. Jesus, be Jesus in me. The third part of the church and its mission It's biblical discipleship. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have children's ministry. That's why we have youth ministry in a youth center. To mentor, to teach, and to prepare the future church if Jesus tarries. 
the church. Its mission and its purpose. It is something that we can celebrate. Lastly, this morning, the church is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Power. Say that word. Power. The word there in Acts 1.8 is dunimis. The same root word that we get dynamite out of. I got a neighbor up north. Every once in a while he blows off dynamite shakes all the trees. I know what power is. But God gave us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we could do the works of the ministry. So that we could be witnesses of Jesus Christ. So that we would be empowered for the mission. In this, God has given unto us spiritual gifts. Time does not allow me today to elaborate on the spiritual gifts. But in your handout, there's several portions of scripture for you to meditate on. You can read about the classification of the spiritual gifts. And I would like to encourage you, ask yourself, Lord, what gifts have you given me to encourage the church? What gifts have you given me in order to prepare me for biblical outreach, soul winning? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14.1, desire, desire the best spiritual gifts. Now we were coming home the other night, and I was thinking... Sam, I was desiring a steak and shake, chocolate shake. But where we were, there wasn't a steak and shake around. And I would, the thought hadn't just gone through my mind. And Linda said, let's stop and get a chocolate shake. That's called desire. Now, Leon, a chocolate shake is not a bad thing to desire, praise the Lord. But you know what's better? Desire earnestly the best spiritual gifts. And you know what the key is? Availability. One of the old songs that I always loved is this. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands. Take my mouth. Take my feet. Just use me. As church members, and not just of Lakeside Assembly of God, can I exhort you today to earnestly desire spiritual gifts so the church of Jesus Christ can grow forward? Can you say amen? amen. The church is blessed with promises. The Bible says that all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Nancy, I was asked one time, how many promises are there? My answer was quick, all of them. They're all ours. Exceeding promises. Peter said in 2 Peter 1.4, whereby we are blessed with great and exceeding promises, whereby we are partakers of the divine nature through faith. See, I can love the Sams of life because of the divine nature. Sam didn't even give me an amen. 
I can love all of you because of the divine nature. And we have. And I'm so thankful that when I was born again, when you were born again, you received a new nature in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lastly, there's a great inheritance. And that's a sermon within itself. God has prepared for his church an inheritance in Jesus Christ that is beyond our imagination. Revelation 21, 7 says, To him that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. In conclusion today, Jesus said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Fill in that last blank. What about you? Are you a participant in God's building program? Are you being faithful with the tithe of your time, the tithe of your talents, and the tithe of your treasures? Are you fully empowered for the mission and being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or are you part of the problem? Are you guilty of being a spectator? Are you a taker and not a giver? The enemy can't hinder the building of the church. But if we choose not to function... We can handicap the future of the church. Friends, we can only celebrate the church if we are sold out completely. And I want to encourage Lakeside Assembly of God that together the vision continues. And I truly believe with all of my heart that the best is yet to come. Let us pray. Lord, today I pray that we would all be sold out and radical for Jesus. That we would be found to have offered ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our spiritual worship. Lord, today we surrender our hearts, our minds, our wills to your working. And Lord, we pray that we as the church of Jesus Christ would not only be fully persuaded but fully engaged to do your will, your working, and your wonders in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will not say goodbye because I don't believe in goodbyes. But as I turn it over to the pastor, I will say this. We'll see you here, there. We're in the air. Amen. 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 And we'll see you here or there.
or up in the air. Father, as we close this service, we are reminded of last things. There's a last day at school. There's a last day at work. There's a last kiss, a last embrace. There's a last prayer that is prayed. There's a last kind word of encouragement. And there's a last sermon. For everything, there is a time a season, a purpose under heaven. And Lord, all things are moving towards you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, in tribute to Pastor Hal's last sermon, as an associate pastor here at Lakeside, He said, I'll see you here or there or up in the air. Will he see you up in the air? Do you know that you know that Jesus is the Savior of your soul? That you're right with God? That you do have a home in heaven? Are you absolutely sure of that? Are you certain of that? If you're not absolutely sure and you want to be certain... I'm prepared to pray a prayer, a prayer of salvation. Yes, I know that this was a a message for the church, but I don't want to close this service without extending the lifeline to you today. Today can be the first day of the rest of your real life. I'll pray a prayer. I'm ready to pray it. A prayer that will make you right with God. A prayer that will give you a home in heaven. If you would like to be included in this prayer, as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one is looking around, if you would like to be included in this prayer that will rededicate you or, or make you right with God and give you a home in heaven. Just lift up your hand right now so that I can see it. God bless you. God bless you. How many more? Lift it up high so that I can see it. Precious Jesus, as this beautiful last word has been rendered by Pastor Hal, we want to give each and every one an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Keep those hands lifted up and pray this prayer with me. Everyone pray it out loud, especially you that have lifted up your hand and are placing your faith in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner, but Jesus, you're my Savior. Save me from my sin. Cleanse me. Redeem me. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. 
I want that life, Jesus. A new life, a changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me, for cleansing me, for changing me. I thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. I receive this as I believe it. Amen.